And I think a big part of that is the fundamental biology of how too much pleasure or too much abundance impacts our brain. It becomes a source of stress in and of itself as our brains are reeling from trying to compensate for this fire hose of dopamine that our brains are being exposed to. Well, thank you so much. We are joined right now with Dr. Anna Lemke, author of Dopamine Nation, a New York Times bestseller, Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence. Dopamine Nation, this is the first time that the book has appeared in a paperback, um, but you were working on this book for quite a while before it originally came out in, in 2021. Isn't that right, Dr. Lipke? Yes, that is. This book is, uh, in many ways, the accumulation of several decades of clinical practice. So, yes, it, was, it, took, it took a long time. Well, how long have you been interested in dopamine? Is that the, is that the neurochemical that interested you the most? Well, dopamine is a neurotransmitter, so it's a chemical that we make inside our brain, and it's the most important uh, neurotransmitter for the experience of pleasure, reward, and motivation. Uh, It's not the only neurotransmitter involved in that process, but it is the final common pathway. The more dopamine we release and the faster we release it in our brains, the more potentially addictive the substance. I became interested in addiction about 20 years ago as I was starting in my clinical practice in psychiatry and I started seeing more and more patients coming in struggling with addiction, not just to uh, the kinds of traditional uh, drugs and alcohol that we think think of, but uh, also prescription drugs, opioids, benzodiazepines like Xanax, stimulants like Adderall, and even non-drugs, behaviors like gambling, pornography, uh, sex, now video games, social media. So I do think that addiction is a growing problem in our society and that a large reason for that is the increased access due to innovation, science, and technology to highly reinforcing drugs and behaviors. So dopamine is one of the primary mechanisms for addiction in our lives, but evolutionarily, what was the purpose of dopamine in the brain? Dopamine is essentially the chemical that tells us we need to pay attention, that there's something going on in the environment that is worth waking up for. Um, So dopamine is very sensitive to novelty. It engages our treasure-seeking function, which is innate, that exploratory aspect of our minds. We, Dopamine is released in response to newness or novelty. Dopamine is also uh, released, again, in response to something that's reinforcing or pleasurable. So if you think about, uh, you know, uh, millions of years ago when we lived in a world of scarcity and ever-present danger, if we happened upon an oasis or a berry bush or a source of, of game uh, to hunt, Um, then that would release dopamine, especially once we ingested it, and that would also then fix it in our memories where to find it again. So dopamine is really essential, has been essential to our survival because it imprints with uh, very long-lasting memories uh, the experience of where to get those fundamental goods that we need to stay alive. So when it comes to motivation and the fight for survival, dopamine seems to have quite a few uses, but in the age of indulgences where we have distractions and pleasure at our fingertips at all times, I can see why this would lead to one of the biggest, I guess, human-created crises because we've kind of fallen into this own pitfalls of our biology. 
Yes, absolutely. You've hit the nail on the head. We're now living in a time when there's a serious mismatch between our ancient wiring for pleasure and pain and the world that we have created. Uh, and it's the challenge of living in the modern ecosystem where we have not just everything we need, but more than what we need. And almost every behavior and substance has become drugified uh, in, in some way. It's a very challenging uh, time to be human in, in all kinds of paradoxical ways, because on the face of it, it seems like it should be easy. What we're seeing worldwide is that 70% of global deaths are due to modifiable risk factors, and the top three are poor diet, inactivity, and smoking. We're also seeing that rates of anxiety, depression, and suicide are going up all over the world, but especially in rich nations. So again, a very strange paradox, the very places where we have more of everything that we could ever want, as well as more access to mental health treatment, rich nations, uh, is, are the places where we're seeing more people who are depressed, anxious, and very sadly choosing to end their own lives. And I think a big part of that is the fundamental biology of how too much pleasure or too much abundance impacts our brain. It becomes a source of stress in and of itself as our brains are reeling from trying to compensate for this fire hose of dopamine that our brains are being exposed to. And as a result, what we're doing is we're down-regulating production of our own feel-good neurotransmitters like dopamine, like serotonin, like norepinephrine, and driving our brains into this dopamine deficit state, which is akin to a clinical depression. Dr. Anna Lebke, author of Dopamine Nation, Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence. And yet, it seems like so many companies now, whether it's a digital media company or an app or just a food company, everyone is taking advantage of this biological Achilles heel in a way. I guess it, it, it didn't originally start that way, but it's so easy to capitalize on our brain right now that the idea of trying to break free of this without some top-down regulation just seems incredibly daunting. I agree. So this is a problem that we as individuals need to tackle as parents, but I agree that it can't be left just to individual persons and their families, that the school system, the government, and the corporations that make and pro um, profit from these products are also responsible, and they need to get up in there and create guardrails to help us help ourselves. And what that looks like is uh, things like not marketing and selling these products to minors, um, not, uh, you know, making them entirely free for all comers. We need to create devices uh, for schools like safe phones that allow for texting and communication, but that don't allow for the distractible 24-7 access to the Internet. And those phones already exist. We need to help kids get into the flow of deep learning without being distracted by the Internet. Uh, we can't expect them to do that while they have their smartphones on and in their pockets. 
So I, I completely agree that this is a, a societal problem, that everybody needs to step up to the table, that we need to recognize the addictive potential uh, of these digital drugs, and that we need to come together as a society in order to create a world within a world where we're not relying entirely on our willpower to abstain while faced with a smorgasbord of uh, highly addictive substances and behaviors. We have to actually have a separation between ourselves and our devices in order to be able to maintain a healthy dopamine balance. Uh, beautifully stated, Dr. Lubke. I was just thinking about free will and whether or not we actually have autonomy over the choices we make. And it seems like, well, I guess to a certain degree, because you have a chemical in your brain that really is prompting you to act a certain way. And you mentioned in the beginning, and really the crux of this book follows around dopamine fasting. And I I love the idea, idea Dr. Lebke, but how does it work in practice? Well, let me just um, reinforce what you just said, which is a key point, which is addiction is in many ways the loss of free will or the mitigation of free will. We may be initially choosing to use a drug, and I use that term drug very loosely to include behaviors and digital drugs as well. So we may initially choose, but after we um, have exposed our brains and changed our brains and entered that dopamine deficit state, we really um, have mitigated choice and we're caught up in the vortex of addiction. So um, one of the things that we can do to get out of that vortex and recapture our autonomy and our free will is by fasting or abstaining from our drug of choice for long enough to reset reward pathways. And the way to enter into that proposition, because it's not easily done, is by first collecting data on how much we use, how how often, and sharing it with another human being as a way to make it real to ourselves, which it's not real or not present when it's just kind of in the recesses, especially if we're lying about it. Then we can look at, you know, why we use and write down why do we? Why do I use this drug? What, 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 does it do, what does it do for me? That validates even irrational behavior. And then follow that up by writing about the problems, in, including the opportunity cost. What am I not doing because I'm spending this much time on TikTok? And then we can uh, plan for the fast, set a quit date, tell other people we're going to do it, do it together with a buddy, get the drug out of the house, create barriers so that I don't have easy access. Remember, access is a risk factor, delete the apps, maybe get rid of the device, get a dumb phone for a while that allows me to text and call but not access the internet, Um, get rid of my credit cards, uh, only use cash. These are all types of barriers. Put the screens away, um, get that certain type of food out of the house, get the alcohol out of the house, get rid of my bong. So there's a barrier between myself and my drug of choice, allowing me to press the pause button between desire and consumption. And then on that day, going cold turkey, abstaining from the drug of choice and trying to go a full four weeks, recognizing importantly that I'm going to feel worse before I feel better. Why? Because initially I will be plummeting into that dopamine deficit state when my pleasure pain balance is unopposed with my pleasurable substance. I'll be in withdrawal. Withdrawal is incredibly painful. I'll have intrusive thoughts of wanting to use. 
My brain will make up all kinds of justifications and stories for why I should use, even though I committed to not using. So we need to really know that, that it's going to be hard. But if we can just make it to about 10 to 14 days, we begin to come out of that place of intense craving, and we begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And it's a very bright light because, again, it allows us to recapture our autonomy and our insight and to see the impact of our drug use more honestly on our lives. I swear you were inside my own head, Dr. Lepke, because uh, nicotine addiction and drug addiction has been persistent uh, in my own life, and it is incredibly difficult. And everything you just stated right there resonates so deeply uh, with me. Dopamine Nation, Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence, certainly a book that almost everyone can relate to. Dr. Lepke, where can people find out more about your work and you online? Uh, Well, first of all, thank you for that honest disclosure. That means a lot to me, and I appreciate it. Um, And I'm not on social media because um, I I know I couldn't handle social media. I would get addicted to it in a nanosecond. So I'm not really reachable on any of the usual outlets. But uh, there is a website, dopaminenation.com or onalemke.com, where folks can access to um, get a sense of my work. It's a fascinating idea, and it's something that is uh, probably going to get a little worse before it gets better. But uh, that's <laughs> yeah. thankfully, we have people like you writing books like Dopamine Nation. We appreciate it again, oh, Dr. Thank Lepke. You. Take- thank you so much. You're very kind. Bye-bye. Take care. Dr. Anna Lepke, author of Dopamine Nation, Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence. The following interview was originally recorded January 5th of 2023.